Respected brothers, respected elders, mothers and sisters listening at home. In the world that we live in, we see people to be very careful when it comes to their important documents or important letters. They become very possessive and are very protective to these very important documents, documents of this dunya. A person will make sure that when he is traveling, is looking after the passport and in fact he'll want to carry the passport with him all the time. He does not trust any stranger, anyone with his important documents. In fact for some people they wouldn't even trust their wives or wife when it comes to debit cards and pin numbers and credit cards. And but we see in this dunya that is the case anything that is of importance it is treasured a certificate given to someone he will want to beautifully frame it some of the important letters and documents he probably want to laminate them this is dunya if you travel you want to make sure your passport is in your pocket safe intact and you want to continuously touch it to see everything is right it is this passport that allows you to travel from one country to another country. Imagine how much of attention we must give to that document which allows us to travel from this dunya to Jannah. How much attention should we give to that document which allows us to travel from dunya to Jannah. That is the Qur'an, the Kalam, the glorious speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Qur'an deserves our utmost respect, our love, our attention. Allahu Akbar. It is this Qur'an, this Kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that will intercede for us, not in the hereafter, but it starts from the Qabr. 
in one hadith of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam it is mentioned two acts of ibadah one is fasting and one is the recitation of the Quran when a person passes away and his body is lowered down into the grave <coughs> immediately the Quran in the form of light in the form of nur spins round the mayyits like how a person does tawaf of the Kaaba this nur of the Quran circumambulates the mayyits the minute it is lowered down into the grave immediately it goes round this is an indication to the angels to the malaika the malaika of barzakh alam barzakh that this is not an ordinary man is a man who would continuously recite the Quran the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala therefore special treatment must be given to him in the grave this is the Quran my respected brothers it's not an ordinary book I see a lot of uh, the people nowadays when it comes to the Quran turn the pages this way flick it this way put the Quran this way turn it as if you've got a magazine or you've got some kind of an, a book, the book of dunya in front of you and you can treat it how you want we've lost, lost that conscious that this is the kalam of Allah it is the glorious speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we need to respect the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like how we respect the Kaaba how we respect our parents someone who is senior in front of us uh, what is greater than the, the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? In one hadith, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Inna hadhi al-kuloob tasda'u. Inna hadhi al-kuloob tasda'u. Kama yasda'u al-hadid. Iza asabahu al-ma. That these hearts become rusty. That these hearts, the hearts, that these hearts become rusty. Like how iron becomes rusty when water touches it so the hearts also become very very rusty and some of the companions inquired and they said Ya Rasulullah then how do we treat it, how do we descale it what is the treatment for this rust what a beautiful answer Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gives Allah's Nabi says, Kathratu dhikril maut wa tilawatil Qur'an. Two things descale the darkness of your heart, this rust that is clogged in your heart. One is the excessive remembrance of death, that one day you will die. One day you will die. And remember death in, in front of you, death is there all the time. And the second thing, to read the Quran continuously, read it all the time. Don't waste a single second. One minute that is given to you, open the Quran, read it, read it, read it. The kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And get into this habit. Divide your time in such a way that to the least you could read at least one quarter of the para, which is four to five rukus. A quarter of one para, which is only four to five rukus, minimum. But someone, mashallah, who can read the Qur'an fluently, then increase your recitation. But keep in touch with the Qur'an. 
Allahu Akbar. The Quran allows the heart to be open. The Quran allows the heart to be completely open. And it attracts the mercy, the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nasihat dil mein utarti hai. When you read Quran. This is the power of the Quran, the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah give us the tawfiq. Sometimes we break these habits. We prepare in the month of Sha'ban and in the month of Ramadan. Excellent. Alhamdulillah. You'll find the masjid full of people reciting. Fantastic. It's, it's what we need. But to keep that up even after the month of Ramadan, continuously, continuously, to have a relationship with the Quran, the Kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is very, very important, my respected brothers. In Surah Al-Hajj, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned, وَمَن يُعَظِّمْ شَعَائِرَ اللَّهِ فَإِنَّهَا مِن تَقْوَى الْقُلُوبِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, anyone who observes sanctity with the symbols of Allah, anyone who observes sanctity to the symbols of Allah, then such things emanate from the piety of your heart, from the taqwa that is inside you. Allah gives you the tawfiq. And we need to remember that the Quran is not just the symbol of Allah, but the speech of Allah. It is not the symbol of Allah. Safa, Marwa are symbols of Allah. Kaaba is the symbol of Allah. But the Quran is not symbol. The Quran is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so from this ayat karima it seems that the more taqwa you have in you, the more respect you will show to the Quran. The more taqwa you have, the more you will respect the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq. These are very important issues. How do we start reciting the Quran? The, the manner in which one should recite the Quran. How should he sit? How should he turn the pages? What should be of his condition when he recites the Quran? Which portion, which part should he start from? Uh, these are important etiquettes that we need to learn, my respected brothers. In one hadith narrated by Hazrat Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, the son of Hazrat Umar, the son of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, he says, I heard from Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And I quote the hadith, Naha an yusafira bil Qur'an ila arzil adu. Naha an yusafira bil Qur'an ila arzil adu. Makhafatan an yana lahul adu. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam prohibited us, stopped us from taking the copy of the Qur'an to the lands of the enemy. He stopped us from taking the copy of the Qur'an in the lands of the enemy. Now you know a place that if you are to go there, if they find that you have the Qur'an, they might take it from you. And they'll take it from you, the copy of the Qur'an, and they might even defile the copy of the Qur'an. They might even desecrate the Qur'an, the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you are sinful. Allahu Akbar. And one experience, a personal experience. You might have seen so many photos in the internet also. Some of these fundamental extreme extremists, Hindus, right wing burning the copies of the Qur'an. Shabir Bhai, you might have seen them actually. Mm. Actually burning the copies of the Qur'an. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And actually brushing copies of the Qur'an. 
You can do what you want in this dunya. Allahu Akbar. But the punishment in this world and in the hereafter is severe. It is severe. For someone who disrespects the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Such is the punishment, my respected brothers, that at times, for generations until the day of Qiyamah, that individual and his entire ancestry is deprived from Iman. It does not just affect him, doesn't just affect him, but his children to be in the future, and his children's children, his entire lineage, generation, ancestry, until the day of Qiyamah, every single one is deprived from Iman because of disrespect, to the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah and I must give this to uh, the Pakistani community Alhamdulillah when it comes to even the Hafiz of the Quran they have the utmost respect uh, I was in Chakwal in Punjab in 93 and uh, when we were praying masjid uh, sorry when we were praying salah in the masjid uh, Darul Ulum Hanafiya uh, some of them knew that some brothers are from England and one of them is a Hafiz and an alim. And even if you were at the back, they'd look back and say, Oh, Hafizab, Hafizab, Hafizab. And they'll push you and push and push you and they'll push you close to the Imam. And this was something, you know, uh, something strange for us. But for them, it was something that they were used to. And they say, You're a Hafiz, how can we put our backs to you? How can we put our backs to you? So you're a Hafiz of the Qur'an, you know, we have to respect you, come forward. Subhanallah. Everything comes with respects. Everything comes with respect. And Alhamdulillah, people from the subcontinent, Hindustani, Pakistani, Bangladeshi, you'll find a lot of these people, mashallah, have a lot of respect. In fact, they, they will not even stretch their legs towards the Qibla. And someone might say, in which hadith is this mentioned? It's not about hadith, it is about respect. If you don't stretch your legs in front of your mother and father, you have respect for the Qibla. You have respect for the Quran, the Kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so this hadith, Sahaba Kiram Ajma'een were prohibited not to take the copy of the Quran in territories in which people did not agree to Islam. A lot of uh, countries, communist countries. I remember in the 80s when we first went for Umrah, I was on the second floor of Masjid al-Haram and uh, reciting the Qur'an, a very small copy, a small copy of the Qur'an. And I was reading, and in front of me there was another person, he was just busy staring at me. And obviously when you're reading, you know someone is staring at you. And I looked at him, and I continued to, to pray. And, and this man was just, you know, he's, he has his eyes set on me. An old man, mashallah. Allah give him jazai khair. At the end what I did is I closed the Qur'an and completed my reading and I said to him, Salaam Alaikum, and he said, Wa Alaikum Salaam. I said, Arabi? He said, no. I said, English? Said, no. Then he goes to me, Chinese? I said, no. <laughs> Chinese? Oh, I wish I knew Chinese. I wish I knew many languages. Alhamdulillah. A very important tool for da'wah. And I said, no, no Chinese. He said, me? Chinese. Then he gave me his, his card and he showed me where he was from and he said, I'm from China. Chinese Muslim sitting with me. I was so happy. Subhanallah. And we embraced each other and he started kissing me and I kissed him. I said, MashaAllah, you know, it's so nice to see a Chinese Muslim. 
And this is the beauty of Haram Sharif. Just go to Haram and you'll find, you know, the wonders of the world there. Variety. Variety. What, which type of food do you want? Malaysian, Indonesian, Indian, Pakistani, you name it. Turkish type of food, whatever, whatever food you want. Spicy, oh, mashallah, all types of people are there. And he pointed at the Quran and he goes to me. And I said, I understand what you're saying. He wanted the Quran and he said, can you gift this Quran to me, gift it to me, and I will take this Quran with me back home. And I said, of course, why not? And I gave him the Quran and again he started kissing me. I said, no problem, Jazakallah. <laughs> My wife must be listening at home. Uh, so he started kissing me. I said, okay, fine. And, and then he goes to me, this Quran, like that. In China, like that. I still remember him, exactly what he's saying. And if it's a big Quran, he's saying, they do this. They do that. So this Quran, I hide. And you sing to me, I'll hide. I could understand exactly what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Though, we, though we could not understand each other uh, through the medium of any languages, but sign language. Allahu Akbar. He goes to me, if it was a, a big copy, they'll rip it and do this. But this copy, no problem. I'll take it. And he was so happy, so happy. Allahu Akbar. You know, you've never seen a man to be so happy. And, you know, I was, I became so emotional. I said, Allahu Akbar, here we are. We have all the time in the world to recite the Quran. Huh? Anyway, and some parts of the world, our Muslim brothers can't even find a copy of the Quran to read. Allahu Akbar. That has changed now, I hope, in China. But going back into early 80s, that was the condition. And so Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, don't take the copy of the Quran if you feel that in that country they are hostile to Islam or they will be hostile to the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now from this hadith, ulama have mentioned that the Quran that is in front of you, the, the, the copy of the Quran, the binding, the text, the pages, the covering, the front cover, the back cover, the entire Quran... The Qur'an in its entirety, entirety deserves our utmost respect. We have to respect the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahu Akbar. And so even when you turn the pages, you do it in a good behavior, with good adab, good uh, etiquettes. Do it slowly. This is the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And these are the rulings of sharia when it comes to reciting the Qur'an. One very, very important adab of the Qur'an which is shown to us in Surah Al-Waqi'ah. Surah Al-Waqi'ah again, Hazrat Abdullah ibn Masood radiallahu ta'ala an has said that some people came to him and they said, Abdullah ibn Masood, you are departing from this dunya. It would have been better if you left something to your children after you die from this dunya. He said, I've left to them Surah Al-Waqi'ah. I've taught all of my daughters Surah Al-Waqi'ah. And in the night they, they read Surah Al-Waqi'ah. And he said to the companions, I have heard from Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that anyone who is in the habit of reading Surah Al-Waqi'ah in the night, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala will open up the doors of sustenance for him. His livelihood. 
Allah will bless him, he will be given a lot of barakats. And if you study Surah Al-Waqi'ah, Allah speaks of the variety and the different fruits and the foods of Jannah. And Allah speaks and informs uh, all of humanity to study of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed you with such blessings. Allah says, أَفَرَأَيْتُمُ الْمَاءَ الَّذِي تَشْرَبُونَ O insan, the water that you drink, have you ever stopped and have you pondered? Do you think about the liquid that enters your mouth and goes in you? أَفَرَأَيْتُمُ الْمَاءَ الَّذِي تَشْرَبُونَ is it in your capacity? Is it your making? Is it your doing? Or is it your khalik and your razzaq giving you everything? Ajeeb when you study Surah Al-Waqi'ah. And so ulama have said that if you read Surah Al-Waqi'ah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make sure that even if you are unemployed, you will be getting the same salary as the one who is employed. But that does not mean one should be unemployed. That should not mean one should be unemployed. But Allah will give you a lot of barakats. Allah will give you a lot of barakat. And Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would never sleep until he would read Surah Al-Sajda. Surah Al-Sajda. Surah Al-Mulk. Tabarakallazi biyadihi al-Mulk. And also Surah Al-Waqi'ah. These are short surahs that we must read all the time. And mashallah, then go to sleep. In the hadith it comes, the one who is in the habit of reading tabarak, if he dies, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect him from the punishment of the grave. Allahu Akbar. What a deal it is, my respected brothers. We look for the best deals in mobile phones, and oh, you know, Asda's doing this so cheap, and Tesco's doing this, and this shop is doing that. <laughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, Look, it's open for you. Just read two rukus. Just read. Give me two rukus in your 24 hours and I will make sure that you are saved from the punishment of the grave. Do ruku mujhe de do. Hum tumhare muhafiz hai qabar mein. Kitna sasta soda. Allah. And so in Surah Al-Waqi'ah, Allah explains to us the very first adab of the Qur'an. Allah says, إِنَّهُ لَقُرْآنٌ كَرِيمٌ Verily, this is the Qur'an. And the Qur'an is kareem. It is a noble Qur'an. It is a noble book that is in front of you. فِي كِتَابٍ مَكْنُونٍ It is kept in a... It is kept in a book. It is also kept in a book. It is preserved in لَوْحِ mahfuz. It is preserved in a protected book, which is لَوْحِ mahfuz. So it is kept in فِي كِتَابٍ مَكْنُونٍ A protected book. Which is lohe mahfuz. And then Allah says, La yamassuhu illa al mutaharun. No one has access to lohe mahfuz where the Quran is except those that are completely pak, completely pure. Mutaharun, bahadiyada pak, completely pure. Tanzilum mir rabbil alameen. Afabihadal hadith antum mudhinun. Is it with this discourse that you take lightly? Is it this discourse that you take lightly? Allah says. Now, in this ayat karima Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of the angels. That it is the angels that have been described here as mutahharun. That when they have access to the lohe mahfuz, the angels are pure. Very pure. They are pak, always in that state of purity. 
and only the malaika, the angels, because they are mutahharun, because they are park, they are in that state of purity, they have access to the Quran, which is in lohe mahfuz, and they can touch that Quran. Now, ulama have, with this analogy, they have taken one very important mas'ala, and they say that, like how it is only for the angels to touch the Quran in lohe mahfuz, in this dunya also, if you want to touch the Quran, you must be in that state of purity. You must be in that state of purity. And to the least, one must be ba'wudu. One must be with wuzu. That is the adab of the Quran. So you also have to emulate the angels. That the angels are mutahharun, and you also have to be very pure. So when you touch the Quran, you are also in that state of wudu. That is the very first adab of the Quran. You'll find some people to be very carefree. And they say, no, no, it's alright, fine, you know, it's, it's okay. Your heart has to be clean. What do they say? Your heart has to be clean and, you know, you can pick up the copy of the Quran and everything is fine. Allahu Akbar. Yeah. Suiting our needs, changing the masail. We have to be very, very careful. Ulama have mentioned, though here it speaks of the malaika, but again, with this as an example, now in Usul tafsir there is one ruling which is known as لِإِشْتِرَاكِ الْعِلَّةِ بَيْنَهُمَا لِإِشْتِرَاكِ الْعِلَّةِ بَيْنَهُمَا Similarities in reasoning between the two masail. Similarities in reasoning. This is a ruling. And because of this ayat karima the ulama have mentioned that the angels have been described as mutaharun. Similarly, if you are to touch the Qur'an, you have to be in that state of wudu. You have to have wudu if you are going to read the Qur'an and if you are going to t- touch the Qur'an. Now, the tafsir of mas, in Arabic, mas means to touch the Qur'an. Ulama have given two meanings to it. The first meaning, and both the meanings apply. The first meaning is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that the light and the knowledge of Qur'an will only touch your hearts if your heart is soaked with taqwa. If your hearts are soaked in taqwa. So it will only touch your heart if you have taqwa inside. And the second meaning of mas is what is apparent that you cannot touch the Qur'an but only if you have wudu. But only if you have wudu. Now, even if you look at what some of the great scholars have mentioned, for an example, Alama Shami, Rahmatullah a great scholar, especially in the fiqh of Imam Abu Hanifa, Rahmatullah he has also issued a fatwa, and his book is a reference book for the fatwa. Muftis, when they give fatwa, they look into his book. And he has also said that when you, when you touch the Quran, you have to be in that state of Wudu. Other Mawlana Shah Waliullah Muhaddis Dhalbi Rahmatullah has also mentioned this. And in fact, if we look into the hadith of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, just one hadith which is in Tirmizi, Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam pointed out to Hakim ibn Hizam. Hakim ibn Hizam. Hakim ibn Hizam is a man who is described as Mawlud Ka'bah. He was born in Ka'bah. He was born in the Ka'bah. Mawlud Ka'bah. So a special man to be born there. And Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa was sending him to Yemen. 
And Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to him that la tamussul Qur'an illa wa anta tahir. That don't touch the Qur'an only if you are tahir, only if you have wudu. So the very first basic adab of the Qur'an is that you must have wudu. Now just some of the masail that are related with the Qur'an. You will find a lot of our young children that go to the madrasa. Sometimes they are forgetful young children and also very negligent at times. You'll find that at times they don't do wudu and read the Qur'an. The ulama have mentioned that that is jais for the children. That is jais for the children. But again it is up to the teachers and the parents to encourage the child that they must do wudu first. You'll find that is the, the first few paras of the Quran rather than the whole Quran it is easy for the children to, to handle to pick up it is some few paras of the Quran first five and for the children it is easy to, to read and ulama have given a fatwa that it is fine if they touch the Quran without wuzu but again the parents must encourage them to do wuzu another masala is that if you want to touch the Qur'an without wuzu and that Qur'an is in a different format. So for an example, you'll find that Qur'an to have the tafsir and the translation and the Arabic text. So you have a copy of the Qur'an here, but you'll find a translation and also the explanation, the tafsir on the side. Now, can someone touch that copy of the Qur'an or tafsir book without wuzu. Ulama have mentioned, if the greater part is of tafsir and translation than the Arabic text, then it is jais for a person to touch that without wuzu. So if someone has a problem with wuzu all the time and there's a lot of difficulty, then what he can do is find the tafsir of the Qur'an. You'll find tafsir Uthmani, you'll find a, a lovely tafsir, small tafsir, Kitab, the green copy, tafsir Uthmani, and you can read from that without wuzu. But ulama have mentioned, of course, that is just mas'ala, the first option would be to have wuzu. Now, if you want to give the copy of the Quran to a non-Muslim, ulama have mentioned that the, that, that the best option is to give a copy that just has the translation. Just has the translation. But, circumstances are such that at times you might not have that copy and this man is very genuine and you feel that if I give him the Quran with the Arabic text and the translation and the tafsir this man will still respect the Quran he's a genuine man he's a decent man and he will respect it then ulama still give fatwa that here it, it speaks of the hidayat of that individual and there's a possibility that he has that thirst and that is why he is asking. So allow him the copy of the Qur'an to read. So that is fine. But the better option is to give the Qur'an that only has the translation. Now, another mas'ala is, is that you'll find people, they get very tired. And the shaitan attacks a person in, in different ways. So if you want to read the Qur'an, so for an example, you are leaning against the wall and you are tired and you just stretch your leg this way and then you have the Quran also is this permissible that you read the Quran in this manner now ulama have mentioned that nothing would stop Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa from reading the Quran except 
when he was in that state of janabah if ghusl was farz on him that is the only time he would stop from reciting the quran otherwise in in every posture he would read the quran standing sitting sleeping uh, even if he was resting even if he was traveling on a camel in fact when he entered makkatul muqarrama uh, he recited the verses of the Quran inna fatahna laka fatham mubina so nothing would really stop rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam allah's nabi would continuously recite the quran not only would he recite the quran but he would even want to hear the quran from others abdullah ibn masud was sitting and he said abdullah read in front of me the quran iqra alayya and he said aqra'u alayk wa alayka unzil you want me to read the quran and the quran has been revealed to you ya rasulullah Allah's Nabi said that, yes, I want to hear the Qur'an from you. And he started reading Surah An-Nisa until he came to an, an ayat, فَكَيْفَ إِذَا جِئْنَا فَكَيْفَ إِذَا جِئْنَا yeah, Qur'an-i Kareem gave, فَكَيْفَ إِذَا جِئْنَا بِشَهِيدٍ And when he came to, to this ayat Karima in Surah An-Nisa, Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to him, Bas, stop. And Abdullah ibn Mas'ud was reading and he said, now I could actually see that uh, the eyes of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam were overflowing with tears. Tears were coming out from the eyes. And he said, Bas, Bas, Abdullah. So Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam would recite the Quran continuously. And therefore the ulama have mentioned that this should not stop you from reciting the Quran. This could be from the shaitan. So if you are tired and for some reason you have pain in the body, then what you could do is put the Quran this way and just stretch your legs in this manner and recite the Quran. So you are not actually disrespecting the Quran. But this is again uh, in the case when a person is very tired and he has been continuously reading the Quran and he has to, mashallah, complete a section of the Quran and he's tired and there's pain, that is accepted. Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala, in a few more minutes, my respected brothers. Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala anha said, when a person reads the Quran in his salah while standing, then for every letter it is multiplied a hundred times. The reward is multiplied a hundred times. So if you read, so if you know for an example Yasin or Surah to Sajda or even some surahs of the Quran, read it in your salah while standing. For every letter the reward is multiplied a hundred times. And if you sit and read in your salah, you might be reading your optional prayers, nawafil, and you're sitting. Mm-hmm. Then every letter is multiplied, the reward is multiplied 50 times. And if you read the Quran outside salah per letter, the reward is 25 times. And if you read the Quran without wudu, so for example, you haven't got wudu, but the Quran is there, and you are reading, then per letter you'll get the reward 10 times. Kitne? 10 times. So these are some of the adab and etiquettes with regards to the Qur'an that the fundamental adab of the Qur'an is to be in that state of wudu. So make sure you have your wudu and then read the Qur'an. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq. And ulama have even mentioned at the end, I'll say this, that brothers who complain about their, the loss of their memory that, oh, you know, uh, my my memory is now getting very weak very weak uh, ulama have prescribed three things for them if they want their memory to be very sharp mm-hmm. one to do miswak one to do miswak 
believe me brothers do miswak and mashallah you'll see that the mind is working the second is to fast not just in Ramadan but optional fasting also so start fasting start fasting and do miswak and the, and the third ruling is excessively continuously recite the Quran the more you read the Quran the more you read the Quran mashallah that will increase your memory power and your intelligence also Allahu Akbar so these are the three things that we have to do miswak fast and also continuously recite the Quran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq don't listen to those my respected brothers that say to you oh it's fine you know touch the Quran but don't touch the text of the Quran and you have a copy of the Quran and it's fine without wuzu that's not the adab of the Quran Allahu Akbar if you are ma'azur, for some reason you have a problem uh, of maintaining your wuzu, that's a different case, and go and see an alim, and he will explain it to you what, what options you have. Allah Pa give us all the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana, and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma salli ala sayyidina wa nabiyyina wa maulana Muhammadin nabil umi wa ala alihi wa salim daslima Allahumma taqabbal minna wa tub alayna inna kanta tawabur rahim nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk sami'na wa atwana gufranaka rabbana wa ilayka al-masir birahmatika ya arhamar rahimin